Hi, everyone. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps, and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, and here's the show. Castle Freaks, you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I'm studying the Codex Eroticon. Nice. With me, as always, is Daniel Barnes, film critic for the Sacramento News and Review, and a member of the San Francisco Film Critic Circle. Hi, everyone. As Corky said, on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. And then we review and rate them on our unique system. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare. The double dare goes to the truly atrocious movies. And we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we'll be continuing with our October Scare Daniel series. With a review of David and Scott Hillebrand's... I can't believe I'm going to use these two words for this movie. Horror comedy, Transylvania. So this morning I brought a beer from Fieldwork, which is a Berkeley-based brewery, but they have a tap room here in Sacramento. It is a double IPA, double dry hopped with mosaic hops. Uh, it is called Disco Stew Likes Disco Mosaic. For more on Disco, check out episode 12, Can't Stop the Music. You'll love it. Again, double dry hop with mosaic hops, 9% alcohol. It's got a good flavor. It's a little bitter, juicy, um, and, and then it's got kind of a nice, like, dry, kind of crackery sort of bitterness that comes in at the end, too. Yeah, that's a nice deepa. Yep, not so bad. The IMD synopsis for Transylvania says, Spoof horror in which a group of college kids do a semester abroad in Romania and realize that if the partying doesn't kill them, the vampires just might. Today's day was sent to us by Dan Scott, frequent contributor and friend of the show. And he sent us a list of movies on the businessinsider.com, movies critics hate but people love. Yeah, so this was a list compiled by Business Insider where they looked at the site Metacritic, which is a critic aggregate site, but users can also get on there and rate movies as well. And they looked at the films that had the largest discrepancy between what the critics rated and what the, the average Joe rated, the users of the site sure. rated. And this film, David and Scott Hillenbrand's quote-unquote horror comedy Transylvania, was number one on the list. The critics on Metacritic gave it an overall rating of 8 out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> that was the average rating. 8%. What? No, not 8%. The well, 8 average... out of 100 is 8%. Well, exactly, but uh, to differentiate from Rotten Tomatoes, which takes um, percentage of approval, where their eight would mean 8% of critics think that this is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes for Transmania is zero. Oh, wow. Zero percent approval. But an average rating of eight out of 100 from critics, users on the site, 8.7 out of 10. So 87. That's 87. <laughs> Versus eight. So a little background on this film, Transylvania. It is actually the third film in the Dorm Days franchise, although I, it does not have National Lampoons in front of it anymore. Uh, I think it started out as a Dorm Days 3 right. and somehow became Transylvania. But it's a sequel to National Lampoons Dorm Days 2, College at Sea. We all remember that one. There are actually many returning cast members from those films, so that's maybe why we didn't appreciate it as much. <laughs> Beloved cast members. Beloved. People like Patrick Kavanaugh and Tony Denman and a lot of other people you've never heard of. Uh, the film was shot in Corvin Castle in Romania in 2007. Unlike the previous Dorm Days movies, which went straight to video, of course. Sure. This got a theatrical release. I cannot believe that happened. It opened in 1,007 theaters on December 17th, 2009. It had an opening weekend of 264,000. It opened in 21st place. Per screen average, $262. Oh my Jesus! I did okay. the math on that. So if you figure about five shows a day, the average ticket price then was about seven and a half dollars. That comes to 
around six people who bought a ticket per screening <laughs> to, to Transylvania. Uh, at the time, it was the worst ever opening for a film released on over 1,000 screens. It grossed a little under 400000 overall at the box office, but of course now it gets a second life on VOD DVD where it gets to find its fan base, and apparently it has, because like we said, it had a very good user rating on Metacritic. On Rotten Tomatoes, again, it has 0% approval, but 2.2 out of 5 from users on there. Not as strong as Metacritic, but still like a huge discrepancy sure. between what the critics thought of it and what the average people thought of it. So, Corky, I got to ask you, because sure. this is sort of the theme of the show. I'm, I'm the film critic, and you're the comedian, right? You're, right. The, you're the average man, and I'm the sl- snobs versus slobs. Sure. You're the slob. That's it. Fit, I fit that role beautifully. Perfectly. You yes. look awful. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's a good, no, I think it's well known. <laughs> so, Corky, I have to ask, is this yet another case where those pretentious, pompous, know-it-all, Stuffed shirt. Sure. Highfalutin. Uh-huh. Artsy in the fartsy. Yep, film yep. critics got it wrong. Or is this discrepancy entirely the fault of the uncultured, uneducated, and let's face it, unwashed common man? Right. Okay. So speaking for my fellow, yes, unwashed. Yeah. Disgusting. Absolutely. Slobbish. You smell horrible. Will ooze out of this garage when I leave. Can you not slur while you're talking, please? We don't know. Don't use a strange country vernacular unknown to me. No, I'm going to speak in normal talk. I won't speak in my patch quilt gibberish that I usually speak to my pigeon folk. No, no, speak. I no, will no, not I, have any Nell speak. I'm not going to chica pay. No gaisha? No gaisha, fate sama. I. We don't know a mise-en-scene from mouthwash. I think that's obvious, right? <laughs> we don't jerk ourselves off to eight-hour meditations on sake makers living in a hut in Japan. <laughs> that's true. We don't do that kind of stuff. But do not, do not insult us by saying this movie is for us. Oh, no. This is for no one. This is movie no is No one I ever want to meet. Yeah, yeah, no. This is for, like, the chuds. This is for, like... <laughs> The, the hill people, people, people under the stairs, people under the stairs. You know, anyone who lives underground, subterranean people, maybe no one who's ever been up on the surface and seen the sun with, no. with us normals. Yes, exactly. Although that would be a wonderful Twilight Zone episode if this was the one movie that survived an apocalypse and this, this is all like, they had. It's like I am Legend, and this is the one movie he watches. Be like five minutes long, he just fucking kill himself. <laughs> it's not worth living. Uh, man, yeah, this movie was awful, and we just watched Ready to Rumble a, f- a few uh, weeks ago, and I mean, this makes that looks like some Billy Wilder, IAL Diamond type. It makes shit. it look it's like an like Ibsen play. Ernst it's, Lubitsch. Yes. I mean, it's fucking Coen Brothers witty ass shit compared to this. This is like the joke. I'm just thinking like the the gag in Ready to Rumble where the shit truck yes careens over and gets hit by the toilet paper truck, that's one extra step than this movie goes. Oh, yeah. This movie would just be like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it would cut out at the shit. It would just like... And then it would be hit by another shit truck. <laughs> it would just be more... And then a cum truck. <laughs> that's this movie. Uh, yeah, it's very much a low-budget stoner comedy, yep. right? And obviously, I mean, I, I can only assume the people on Metacritic are kind of like... I think this was guerrilla marketing. This was somebody, they got all their friends to exactly. go, no, rate, give it high ratings. There's an article coming out about this. And then you you bump it up, bump it up, bump it up. It has to be. Although, I mean, there's something to be said for this movie is only going to be seen by the people that it is intended for. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not going to be seen by the wide array of people. So those people are possibly going to give it a high rating. But again, it, it seems unimaginable you because it's awful. You know what just fucking occurred to me and What's galls that? me? Huh. So you broke down the math. This movie made $6 a day. (laughs) I spent double that on this movie to watch it. I know. Yeah, this movie has probably turned a tidy little profit on VOD DVD. I was just two of those ticket goers in 2007 to watch this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like you, because this movie is not available for rental on video on-demand services, it is available only to buy, so I am now the proud owner 
of a digital download of the film Transylvania. So listen for future podcasts where we'll be holding screening parties of this movie. <laughs> we'll just $2 a pop. this movie over and over again. <laughs> and in, you have daughters, so obviously this is something you can pass along down to them. <laughs> this is Along gonna... with one-liners from Samurai Cop. <laughs> something, a legacy for them. I don't have children. I'm not planning to have children. So this will probably go to charity. Uh, yeah. And uh, the kids at the Make-A-Wish Foundation are going to be so... So disappointed. I just hope my kids don't do a King Lear kind of fight over the uh, dowry that I'm going to bestow upon. Well, exactly. This right? and the one-liners from Samurai Cop. I don't need my daughters scrapping with each other. No, yeah, that's that's the that's the nightmare of this, right? It's almost better to just. <laughs> Remove the digital download and get rid of it forever. Can you notice we're avoiding talking about this movie for as long as we can? Let's get into it, man. All right. So we open with your classic horn dog college kid. His name is Rusty. Yep. He's got kind of wild hair. He's got a little baseball cap. He's got all the college kids in this movie. No one is under 35. He's played by 34-year-old Oren Screw. <laughs> no, no, no one is under 30 years old. I swear to God. And he is typing on his laptop to his girlfriend in Romania. Sexy Draguda. Sexy Draguda. And he is talking, he's basically setting up the entire plot of the film and introducing all of the characters. While in the background, music plays that I can only describe as like you know on Facebook where it'll do those anniversary posts for you? It's the music that is in those posts. It is the most generic music you can imagine. <laughs> just... That's hilarious. And well, I would say that the, the production values on this movie are like high-level porn. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Like I can't even hear the dialogue a lot of times. Right. It's weird that like they have this generic music because all of the money that they spent in this movie went on music licensing for yes. songs because there is a CCR song in here. There's a few on the nose songs. There's later a on. whole bunch of like pop songs in here. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Rusty is writing to his girlfriend and he's basically saying, "Okay, all me and all of my friends are going to head to Romania." And it's funny because you you use the word he's saying. Yes, he's literally announcing. He's typing the, it and, and saying it, so the audience knows what he's typing because we do not get a shot of the screen of it. <laughs> And he's just announcing, like you do, everybody does when they send a text, you announce every word that you're typing out loud. Absolutely. As setting up the plot, which is that him and his college friends are all going to head to Romania to do a semester there, and he's going to finally get to have sex with his, his hot girlfriend. And he introduces his friends, kind of one by one, or two by two. Sure. Um, so first of all, we get a couple of stoners. Yep. Uh, we got the white guy, and we got the Asian guy. Pete and Wang. Pete and Wang. Or here to be known as Bong Rip. <laughs> And dude, bro. <laughs> Pete and Wang are stoners, so of course they are sticking big things of weed, big bags of weed up their ass. And like right away, it's like, oh man, the level, the yes. the low, the low of the brow yeah. in this low brow is super low. Ready to Rumble would have hinted at the gag and then cut away. Right. This movie gives you the bent over it's into the like screen. Fisheye lens close up on his face as Wang is shoving this thing up his ass, yep. and then he's making all the repeated thrusts, thrusts and thrusts and thrusts. Yeah. So that's the level of comedy that we're that has been. The baseline that has been established. And did you get that the Asian guy's name was Wang? I got that it was Wang, and I thought it was funny because Wang... uh, Means penis. It it is synonymous with penis. And his friend is named Peter. Hello. Oh, my God. Then we meet the twins. Uh, There's kind of one goody two-shoes twin and one bad twin. This is also where we get the first, like, pop song. So we get Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2 or dun, whatever. Dun, yeah, dun, exactly. Hey. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so that's playing while this whole montage is you happening. You get Jock Jams Volume 1, Track 3. We meet the dumb blonde oh. and her horny boyfriend. Yep. Who are doing like cheerleader football player role play, um, but he can't get it up. I named her Sex Girl for 75 minutes of this movie because I did not know her name. Sex Girl and Limp Dick. Sex Girl and Limp Dick, yeah. And I guess he's a repeat character because I looked at the other movies and he's on the posters. But he All three of them, everyone is going super, super big. There's also the twin girls, Madonna and Whore. <laughs> really well-written women characters. Everyone's archetypes. It's You got the geek, you got the slut, you got the stoner, you got the burnouts. You got the guy whose whole thing is that... He's trying to hit on women, but he accidentally hits on men who kind of look like women. The whole joke is that he, when he finds out a girl is a guy, it, the reaction is, <laughs> Now, two, the two writers, Patrick Casey and Worm Miller, Worm, Worm, Worm Miller, Miller, are in the movie, and you can 
immediately tell which of the <laughs> cast are the writers. Yeah, right. We also very briefly meet Cliff, who is kind of the con man friend. I was shocked to find out this guy was not a producer and that he had other credits because I can honestly not hear a word of his dialogue. I, I like there were times I had to turn the captions on to he's just like hear what an he could. uncharismatic James Remar. He really is. I was like, oh, he's a Remar esque guy, and then I was like, no, but he's like dead inside. Yes. <laughs> so he's trying to con these Japanese businessmen. Gangsters. It start. Yeah, sorry, gangsters. They're not businessmen just because we're in suits. Legitimate businessmen. All right. I'm calm and hoi polloi. Anybody with a suit, they do business. <laughs> he think you think he's doing a drug deal, and they're like, "Have you do the stuff?" And he's like, "It's right here." Lifts up the lid. Oh, it's blow up sex dolls. Blow up sex and it's dolls. It's like, well, we got to test the merchandise. So the guy has sex with it, and it immediately pops. Cut and then... to a raucous scene of a man penetrating in a Japanese up. sex doll. The sex doll was a Japanese. Uh, well, if a, if a Japanese man That's is having sex with a sex doll, racist. is it not then a Japanese sex doll? So, I was talking about the racist. move. The move is called a Japanese sex doll. <laughs> it was obviously a Swedish sex doll. <laughs> um, so the scene of Rusty introducing all of his friends commences with. Uh, Draguda like video chats him and oh, we see her Jesus. face and she's really beautiful, she's right? Gorgeous. Uh, and he pulls out of his out his dick because they've been having like kind of video chat sex. Somebody walks in. I have no idea yeah. who walks in, but some woman with glasses, and so I don't know. And a a mother, teacher, whoever. And he's like, oh shit, throws his laptop down, smashes it on his dick in a close-up. And boom, like that's your intro to the movie. That's your intro. Then we have a darkness song playing over very South Park type animation There's credits. This really awful animated sequence where, again, everyone's just falling into poop and poop and farts and poop. And <laughs> so our next scene is on the train in Romania. And Rusty is going to pull out his laptop and give us some more backstory. Sure. Thanks, Rusty. For a movie that is possibly the dumbest thing that I have ever seen, it is this movie is crazily complex. Well, I have four pages of notes because every scene is a twist. There's on the- 16 main characters, yeah. th- so many doppelgangers. There's twins and a doppelganger, and so many like misunderstandings. It's all three's company hijinks. Oh, but it's yeah, or like Seinfeld, but if instead of four main characters, there were 15 main four characters, ta- four times <laughs> that. and they all had twins. <laughs> And none of it was funny. Oh, God. So we learned that the castle that they're going to stay at apparently was once Count Radu was there. And Radu, everybody insists, looks like Rusty. He gives us the backstory, very Francis Ford Coppola Dracula, of him and his unrequited love. Uh, gratuitous sex scene happens. Loved it. Yep. Best best scene of the movie. I was like, all right, okay. I'm well, there's a, there's a couple other scenes. This movie has boobs. I just want to make that very clear. I wrote every time I saw boobs boobs and then circled and underlined it his his love was killed by the vampire hunter victor van sloan who was supposed to be helsing exactly yeah her soul got trapped in a music box yes uh, and as van helsing was trying to escape he jumped out of a window and his mincing gay son accidentally moved the cart van sloan dies and the music box is lost forever so everyone's searching for the box because that contains the soul to the woman that he wants to bring back and he he left the castle with his vampiress assistant's to find that box. Exactly, yeah. He's got his familiars, I guess you would call them. Yes, it, and it's just so much backstory to set up why that castle is now a college. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's all in like... That's all it That's is. all in there like about like a section of the website. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and the whole sequence ends with a joke where there's Joe's on his laptop screen. Yep, that's it. And I wrote down, so far our jokes have been sodomy, parentheses, forced... <laughs> Premature ejaculation, testicles dipped into balls, yep. come, mm-hmm. and more come. Yeah. So that's the, that's uh, the level we're playing That's the at. first 10 minutes or so. Yes. <laughs> so all the, all the friends hear this backstory about the college, and they're all, that's ridiculous. Vampires don't exist. Ha, ha, ha. This is silly. And then we see this woman uh, dressed in what is clearly vampire hunter gear, which is like uh, leather, leather and a hat. And, and cleavage. And cleavage. Yes, absolutely. And she's riding a horse, and she's chasing someone right by this train that they're riding on. And the train, when we can see it, Okay, this this part fucking killed me. The train's like four cars long, right? three or four cars long. Clearly, all they had money for was just a few cars on this train. Um, 
she is like chasing this guy and he like runs in front he rides his horse in front of the train it's supposed to be this really dramatic shot of like she's about to get him about to get him but he jumps in front of the train and gets to the other side and oh she's trapped because she has to wait for the train to go by and she sits there for like 10 seconds going like (laughs) it's like there's three cars on that train that would not stop you at all she like stopped as though it was just like a hundred car train going. That on. was hilarious because the setup. They, we've seen how big that fucking train is. It would exactly. not prevent anybody. And later, when they actually drop off at the station, there's a shot of just the engine of the train coming in from like the left side of the screen and kind of entering and dropping everyone off, and then it just departs by going backwards. Because <laughs> they did not have any other cars on that train. They're just like uh, this is how trains work, right? <laughs> later on in the movie, there's parts where they're on a motor uh, motorcycle. And they're obviously just pulled into show, into scene, into shot, and then pulled right out of shot. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The money is not on the screen. So the character Numar, who is limp dick, premature ejaculator, he mm-hmm. buys a music box on the train from some woman yep. because the man that was being chased was carrying the music box, got shot with a crossbow, died on the train. And drop the music box yeah. in this room. So much fucking hijinks. There's so much going on. And Radu is on the train too, and he is in a coffin on the box. Which I don't know what car he's on. Because yeah, there's like three, there's four cars. There's like, we see people walking, and I'm like, "How are you doing this?" There's got to be an uh, where they're driving. There's got to be like uh, engineering cart. There's got to be passenger. They showed like there were like private car, like <laughs> private, <laughs> private movie. We on. saw how big the train was. We saw the train. Come on. We get off the train. We're at the station. We're at Rosvon University. Rosvon University. And they are riding to the university on a horse-drawn court cart, and hilarity ensues because those horses fart. They like to fart. They every, are farting. Every time the word Rosvon is said, <laughs> closed caption says, horses farting, and you get to hear it, and you see them react. And I had to turn closed captions on because I could not hear most of the dialogue in this. <laughs> it is so poorly made. The sound effects are crazy loud. The music is crazy loud, and the dialogue is almost like unintelligible. While at the station, they leave with Bonger and uh, Stone Rip. (laughs) They, uh, but they figure out they can trade blue jeans. This was a kind of the one funny gag I thought in the movie. It should have been. Was it the blue been, jeans but thing. They, they effed it up. They, they trade their blue jeans for a guy, and he explained that the only thing Romanians want is American blue jeans. Yeah. When they arrive at Rosman University is actually the one part where I felt there was almost a joke with like a setup and a punchline where they look at the university and they say, this doesn't look like the picture, and then they hold up the picture, and then everyone's kind of playing out on this quad area, I, and then they pull it down, and it's two guys throwing a rock. I thought that was hilarious. It should have been hilarious. Yeah, I it, thought that it, part. It has the like setup and timing of an actual like yeah, joke. Absolutely, I, I agree. I agree. We find out Theodora, the vampire hunter, she is a teacher at the college, and she meets the dean of Rosvon, who is Dean Flora, Flauka. Mm-hmm. He's a little person. Uh, R.I.P. David Steinberg. You can see everyone's breath. This is how I knew they were actually in a castle. <laughs> you see everyone's breath in every shot. Stark realism. Yes. Uh, so the doppelganger vampire arrives as well. We find out that the devil's moon is going to happen, and that is apparently a big thing. And this is why he has arrived at the castle and is searching for the music box because the devil. I don't. It doesn't really come up. There's so many reasons to get everybody all into the same place at in each scene. To scene. Van Sloan, Theodore Van Sloan, teaches a class at the university called Combat and Self Defense. Uh, which is really a vampire hunting class, but she doesn't say that it is. Right. That's I don't get. She like the she's telling you all about stabbing people in the heart and using garlic and the smart the dumb blonde. She raises her hand. She says, "Are we killing vampires?" And she plays it off. It's such she's like it, no, of course not. It's such improv one hundred and one. I'm not really doing this thing, but I'm really doing this thing. It predicates all the humor in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, we find out that the Dean is kind of like covering for the vampires or to, or trying to deny the existence of vampires, but we have no, there's no idea why when we no. find out what, what is actually going on with the Dean, especially. Rusty, this is where the Codex Eroticon comes in. He gives a book, a sex book called the Codex Eroticon to uh, Limp Dick. Ten, yep. Tenman? Numar. Julie Numar. <laughs> Numar. So Wong Fu gives him a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> called the Codex Eroticon. The stoners want to take the twins out and get wasted in Romania. The good twin is like, no, I don't want to go. So she hangs back and actually gets kind of swooped up by this growling thing and a gigantic 
coat. Yeah, and this is where uh, Bong Rip and Skidmark get pulled into scene on a on a motorcycle, <laughs> and then they get pulled into scene on the motorcycle on a movie lot that's supposed to be t- the village, the town that they went to go party in. The vampirises, uh, Radu's familiars are seducing and grabbing. harvesting students for their for their blood. Yeah, um, this is also where we see boobs there was, uh, again. <laughs> the song I couldn't tell, but the song that they were playing over, I think, just went tits, <laughs> tits, and a woman, a very well endowed woman, is dancing on stage. Yeah, a special shout out to Camarina de Young as Romanian stripper. That is how she's credited. So yeah, the uh, stoners have taken the naughty twin to this strip club in Romania. The naughty twin is like all up on. She's just like grabs the grabs Camarina de Young's uh, breasts. We find out that Draguda, Rusty's paramour over Skype, is the dean's daughter, and he Rusty is going to go on his date to visit Draguda. Yeah, so he goes to her house and meets her for the first time. And now let me say, <laughs> there's a beautiful woman. Too good for this guy that he's met over the internet. Yep. Surely there's nothing wrong with her. Oh, but wait. Hilarity ensues because she's a hunchback. She's a hunchback. Which, of course, is revolting to everyone who looks at her. Yeah, right? Nobody else. Anyone who looks at her... It starts to vomit right away and wretch. And her dad's whole mission is to get her pounded. It is just to get her laid. Yeah, we actually, he takes uh, Rusty into the basement and shows him torture equipment and shows her his, her ex-boyfriend. Hold on, when, when you want to talk about the music in this movie? When Rusty sees that she's a hunchback and she comes down, he, I, Pagliacci is playing. <laughs> yes. The part where he reveals to the doctor that he's the clown. <laughs> How could they afford this music? Ah, fantastic. So we have a Dutch angle sequence where the Dean shows Rusty all of his torture implements yeah. in the dungeon and releases He has the Iron Maiden. He has bloodletting techniques. And he releases the last guy wearing blue jeans, uh-huh. who was Draguda's ex-boyfriend. Tried to, tried to leave. Tried Dragu- to leave, yeah. Cut back here to Limp Dick and Sex sexy, girl? Sex, sexy cheerleader. The Kodak's eroticon works great. Yep. Uh, They're having all the sex. Nailed it. Uh, and afterwards, uh, she opens her music box. Uh, <sighs> accidentally, a drop of blood goes in, which activates, and the vampirist's soul enters Sex Girl's body. And now she gets to do double work as this possessed Stefania, the, the paramour of Count Radu from 400, 500 years ago, mm-hmm. as well as Sex Girl. Yeah, and she kind of jumps back and forth between the two characters. Whenever the music box opens, she's the vampire. So whenever it closes, she's her dumb blonde. She self. was pretty good at doing the back and forth, though. When she is probably the best actress. I would, I would in agree. This film. <laughs> she was thirty-four years old playing a teenager in, high, in college, <laughs> but she was the best actress in this one. Well, when you're well, doing a semester abroad in Romania, learning <laughs> vampire hunting, I'm not sure how those credits transfer. The previous film in Dorm Days was about a semester at sea. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if these kids are really Why making Why aren't any they progress. ever at school? <laughs> <laughs> Their degrees are nowhere near those degrees. We find out that Bong Rip is cheating with the smart twin. Party Bro sets them up on a hunting trip in the Romanian countryside. Yeah. We're like 20 minutes uh, into the this movie. This movie's so fucking complex. Yeah. It's a, but we have to because it's so... so it's a garbage-ass nothing so movie. This fucking shit is so fucking crazy. They're going to go out and do some hunting, and they're like, we don't want to go hunting. And he's like, oh, but it's illegal hunting. And they're like, fuck yeah, we're going to do this. So when we next see them, they're in the woods. The two stoners are both holding like semi-automatic machine guns. Right. Uh, the twin has like climbed up a tree, but is like eagerly anticipating this. The Romanian gangsters have a box, a wooden box, and they are going to p- open the box, and supposedly these two are going to wail on whatever That's- comes out of this box. I was like, there's this kind of 10-second little tension of like, what's going to happen? What's yeah. going to happen? And I was thinking, what could come out of that box that they would then pelt with the machine gun bullets that I would not think that they were fucking monsters. That, yeah, this is technically not hunting. No, like <laughs> it's just shooting. This is almost shooting fish in a barrel. No, like 
uh, it could be deer season and a deer could come out of that box and they are fucking monsters. Yeah, because they're just shooting something it that walks out, out of, of a box. box. And they're shooting it with semi-automatic <laughs> machine guns. Oddly, though, what comes out of the box, I would have been fine with them murdering right there on the spot. That was the hilarious thing. I was like, the one thing. Because it's Cliff. Cliff from the beginning. Cliff, sex doll guy from the beginning. He had been caught by the gangsters, sold to these Romanians, and he has like targets on his crotch and on his head. Yep. Uh, but they decide not to kill him. They buy him back instead. With blue jeans. With blue jeans. I'm telling you, that's the one funny joke in this movie. Everything just trades on blue jeans. So Cliff is now in the movie for whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> we'll see. And, and and the funny thing is, when he gets released from the box, he's kind of squawking a bit. They tase him, but where do they tase him? In the balls. Yeah. Everything in this movie it's is- all in the balls. Yes. I mean, it's, that's the money area right the, there. So then we have the breakfast scene of all the guys in the movie meeting together, talking about their Randy nights from the night before, uh-huh. and everybody's asking Rusty about Draguda, and we find out about Mike and his history of kissing a guy in Mexico, Yeah, which is an unpardonable sin amongst these people who were just about to murder something <sighs> so that came out of gross. a box. Yeah, I know, right? Stone bro and shit stain get lost in the catacombs with the smart twin- yeah, they start wandering around in the basement. Of course, the other twin hasn't come back because she was captured earlier. We By also find out freak. that the Dean is kind of like covering up for vampires, although again, it's never explained why. But they go into this basement lab and they find the other twin's disembodied head. This this surprised me. I was not ready for this. I wasn't either. I wasn't ready for anything that happened in, in this part of the film. Um, but we do get the, the the killer read by Wang of secret lab, double sweet. <laughs> They hear some noise, something's coming, uh, in runs the giant cloak, and we find out that it, it is a really? it is a Scooby-Doo-style outfit operated by the Dean, uh, yeah. who, of course, is you know two and a half feet tall. This was his last movie. But we find out that he's cut off the head because he wants a replacement body for his daughter. Yep. Uh, and so her head is just sitting on this thing, and he says she's only going to live for like 48 hours, which, why did he keep her head alive at all? I, I, just to hang out, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The body is just sitting there, and he goes and he starts rubbing lotion all over the body. Yeah, there's this really... And I'm like, bro, that's going to be your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) After you cut off your daughter's head and reattach it to that torso. But yeah, this was troubling on on just uh, a lot of levels. A lot, a lot of levels. We have such hijinks. After the Dean leaves in the Castle Freak costume... Uh, so cargo so. pants and weed toke do do a little <laughs> bit of hijinks as they get caught up in the one stitch that's holding the body together. Yeah, and it just all starts unraveling and dumb twin gets locked off. up in there. It's just awful. And it's it's two and a half minutes of this. Yeah, Cliff is pawned off that he's a vampire hunter because in Romania that's what gets the chicks. Yeah, exactly. Which he knows because he spent his entire time in Romania trapped inside of a in box. A box. But yeah, he's got the uh, the tilted fedora, and he's got the leather, and he's got the trench coat, and he's got all the accoutrement, and he's trying to hit on all these girls by pretending to be a vampire hunter. Van Sloan, Professor it. Theodore Van Sloan, the one competent character in this whole movie, instantly falls for it. Instantly is like, oh, a vampire hunter. He just said he is. So, I mean, I've, I'm a vampire hunter, and I've never met another Again. vampire hunter in my entire life. But he said he's a vampire hunter, so great. He's a vampire hunter. So she thinks... Let's go hunt some fucking vampires because some serious shit is going on at this castle. It's all three's company shit. I understand something totally different than what is reality, and that's how I'm acting. Yeah, and of course he thinks we're going to have sex, and as they are walking out, and she's talking about the blood moon, he he delivers this line. (laughs) He says, isn't it customary for vampire slayers to do a bit of the in and out, in and out, before we go into battle? You know. (laughs) To which... Teodoro Van Sloan replies that he has the wit of a rapier, to which I thought, are you sure you meant rapier? <laughs> Your wit is rapious? <laughs> that is rapiest, or just rapist. At this point, dude, I wrote, why am I writing notes? That's really what I wrote. Oh, fuck. We also forgot that there's a whole bunch of thing with uh, Rusty is going to go to a vampire orgy. Right. He thinks he's going to a vampire orgy. He's actually being set up by the the man kisser. One of the writers, the the man kisser. <laughs> Reminds me of that old Will Ferrell sketch where he plays John Rocker. You <laughs> bunch of man kissers. <laughs> John Rocker could have written this. John bit. Rocker did. John Rocker was like, no, that's beneath he's like, me. I'm going to use my pseudonym, Worm Miller. <laughs> 
So one of the writers sets up Rusty on this thing where he's supposed to be an orgy. He tells him to go in and take his pants off. Yeah, so he goes to his stoner friend and is like, give me some boner pills. This and, is the guy, and this guy's like, dig in here and go nuts. But and, this is the guy who just saw his girlfriend head on a thing. And then he's just up in his room packing a bag. He's and just going, hanging out. Here's some drugs. He's just hanging out doing whatevs. But guess what? He keeps his drugs in a Tic Tac bottle and they're all sorts of drugs. Uh, all sorts of things. So Rusty takes some wild cocktail things and he starts to like hallucinate and stuff, which of course we get. The on-the-nose musical cue to White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, because why the hell not? We also, (laughs) right before he goes into it, Rusty is walking down the hall, and he he actually says the line, Vampire orgy, here I come. (laughs) Oh boy, one hot night coming up. (laughs) Oh, And this is where the series of misunderstandings kicks into a whole nother gear, because the doppelganger vampire is out there too. The sex girl is getting possessed and then unpossessed and unpossessed. Limp Dick sees doppelganger Rusty kissing possessed sex girl and is like, oh my God, my friend Rusty, it's not, a Shakespe- not doppelganger Rusty. It's such a Shakespearean moment where he goes, because he sees him on a staircase, he goes down the staircase a little bit and has a soliloquy to himself about it. <laughs> my friend has betrayed me. Why would my friend do this? I can fight for her. Van Sloan comes in and she sees she sees doppelganger, Van, uh, doppelganger Rusty. And she very slowly springs into action. <laughs> uh, she calls the other, the guy who's the fake vampire hunter, Cliff. He shoots himself in the leg with a crossbow. Yep. At which we, uh, stoned actual Rusty, not not vampire Rusty, wanders up and there's a lot of stabbing hijinks. Yes. Where he pulls out a thing and then stabs him again and keeps stabbing him. And cartoonish. Right. Fountains of blood spurt out of his leg every time the stake goes out, so he sticks the stake back in. Cliff has shot himself in his femoral artery, and yet he's still trying to play it off to get laid. He tells Theodore to call me a nurse, and Theodore running away says, okay, you're a nurse. And I swear to God, if the movie imploded on itself at that moment... I would have given it a reverse there. Yeah. Vampire Rusty wanders into the orgy because he was shot with holy water. So he's kind of disoriented. He wanders into what isn't really an orgy. (laughs) It was actually a setup for Rusty to run in and drop his pants in the middle of a club. Uh, But the vampire uh, Rusty wanders in. Uh, At this point, everybody kind of descends on the club. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of everyone's kicking each other. There's just complete nonsense going on. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the lab... Where, uh, where Stoner Boy is back now because he was just had to be up in the room to give drugs to Rusty. Like comb yeah. his hair and then come back. Now no, he's yeah. back. Uh, Wang, who was the only one competent at surgery, is stitching the body back together. Yeah, and he's now getting we, baked the whole time. We have vomit jokes because oh, yeah. we've had every other bodily fluid. Absolutely. So everyone except for Wang is just barfing into buckets nonstop. The barf makes other people barf, and it's just barf shot to barf, Wang. Barf, 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 barf. So now we get to the next morning. Rusty wakes up in bed next to the hunchback and finds out that they had sex while he was drugged and disoriented. I was legit confused who was who at this moment. Exactly. Because Radu wakes up in a coffin at a funeral, and I thought it was Rusty. Uh-huh. So the movie has just lost itself. It's complete nonsense at this point, yeah. But he winds up in bed with a hunchback. Uh, the dean walks in, and it's like, yes, he's super excited. Yeah. Rusty takes off. Well, in this scene, closed captioning was the only reason I knew that there was a joke of the the dean not knowing his name. He calls him Dusty, he calls him Busty, he calls him Krusty. You would not know that this was a joke in the movie unless you had closed captioning turned on. Yeah, exactly. We the- re- highly recommend turning on closed captioning. <laughs> highly recommended. More on funny misunderstandings because as Rusty jumps out of the window, he gets captured by the familiars. No, he gets knocked out somehow. Right. The familiars grab him thinking that he is vampire Rusty. Yeah. Uh, they start this whole ritual because now the, the sex girl has been possessed again. And right. she's like, come on, let's do the ritual. Blood Moon's here. Let's do this thing. The familiars all take off their tops. The, and the one thing also with sex girl and Stefania, the, the dual right. thing. Right, yeah. Every time she's Stefania, she's in this very tight red bodice dress. Uh-huh. And when she's sex girl, she's like wearing you know a sweatshirt and leggings. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> does she change? Does her like outfit? change like the Hulk? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, people get in and out of clothes very fast in this movie because, like I said, the familiars all take off all their clothes and start dancing around, right? Rusty uh, is like, holy shit, He figures it out. uh, Stefania snaps back into Sex Girl. We forgot to mention that Sex Girl, for some fucking reason, thinks that this is aliens and not vampires. Where did that come from? That's just nothing. It's absolutely nothing. 
So anyway, Rusty is like, picks her up and she's like, you kissed me because when she was uh, Stefania, she was like, kiss me. Yeah. Uh, guy who I think is vampire Rusty, but it really is Rusty Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> so the, why are you shaking your at head? At the orgy that's not really I'm doing a orgy. great job of explaining this. I'm just trying to listen to at the orgy that's not really an orgy set up by the guy who's not really interested in women but is interested in guys. Everything in this movie is predicated on a misunderstanding set up in the scene before. Exactly. But Rusty grabs Sex Girl. Even she's kicking and screaming because she thinks that Rusty is like kissed her and I think is going to have sex with her or something like that. Yeah. He runs off with her. Next shot, the familiars are all back in their t- skin-tight leather and are chasing after They're him. not wearing the clothes that they took off to be topless. <laughs> they went and got whole different leather outfits to <laughs> Matching wear. Matching leather Charlie's like, Angels Skin-tight leather, lots of layers. Like, you, those are clothes you need to be helped into. Like <laughs> They just pop right on and just run off. That's, this is the one part that's where vampires we, for you. we find out Sex Girl's name. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. This is the one part we find out Sex Girl's name is Lynn because he says, Lynn, I'm trying to help you. Now, maybe if we had watched Dorm Days One and Dorm Days Two, we would know this already. Well, but. exactly, right? This is this was probably set up in, sure. in Dorm Days One, and we're not getting the payoff. You're already you know Lynn by now. We've been on. We've Lynn's lived journey. with Lynn. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Numar uh, Limpdick discovers that Rusty is carrying Lynn, and now he steps up and does not do what he was should have done on the staircase. Right. He punches Rusty out. Runches, punches Rusty, which is real Rusty, and yeah. not vampire Rusty. But he just, has no vampire Rusty. Exactly. So, He's just trying to everyone. save her. <sighs> Lynn. <laughs> everyone. Lynn and Numar leave. Rusty goes another way, and... We're back now to, I, I can't tell if this is Skidmark or Bong Rip, but he's with the Smart Twin, and they are standing guard, and they're going to smash a vase on the Dean's head uh-huh. to keep him from coming back down to the line. Right, right. Why are they scared of a two and a half foot tall I, man? I don't know. I, I didn't understand what the scene was, but yeah, they... Why can't you just, I mean, no offense, but why can't you just pick him up and put him some on a Well, shelf? no, what happens is they start making out, right? They get distracted. They get distracted because they start making, making out. out. And this is the whole thing is that the, this stoner, white guy stoner, yeah. was dating the headless twin. Sure. Uh, who's now just a head <laughs> and is cheating on her with her twin sister. Oh, yeah. Right. Why is this so fucking complicated? Is, but so the dean now makes it to the lab, and then Bonger hides, and I don't know why. Why do you d- hide? I don't know. But he, you can beat up a two and a half foot tall guy and he, keep him from doing the bad things. God, yeah, make him stop. Right. But yeah, the the dean is going to perform the surgery now because Draguda was devastated when Rusty jumped out the window and and deserted her after having sex with her. So he's like, "Don't worry, I have a, a secret surprise. The surgery." That I was talking about, it's going to work, and we're going to do this this thing. When Bonger, aka Wang, <sighs> so, sees the dean coming into the lab, he says out loud, "Evasive maneuvers," and runs behind a wall. And runs. Nine year olds do this. <laughs> this is shit that nine year olds do. And of course, he absconds with the head too. So he grabs the head, and now we are going to. This leads to a lot of hilarity. More hijinks involving them for some reason, which I don't understand. They all have to go to this masquerade ball. This is the masquerade ball. Is this big? Yeah, what fucking school is this? But th- this is a big thing at the school. Yeah. There's going to be a masquerade ball. So they decide we'll go in costume and I'll hide the head here at the masquerade ball. So they're doing this thing where like it's her head and his body. Yeah, right. So the other uh, writer of the movie, Worm Miller, shows up and he plays a guy who's not really good with women and always gets dissed. And now he's got his time alone with the head. Yeah. He, who he thinks is the girl he has a crush on. And they... <sighs> He's their friend. Right. They're all part of the same group. But for some reason, they're like, we have to fool him. Right. He, he thinks it's the, the twin, yep. the goody two-shoes twin, because it's her head, but it's his body. And they're instead of being like, hey, <laughs> there's what's happening. Let's go on Leah's journey for a second. <laughs> she was kidnapped by a castle freak while her sister went out to party with her boyfriend. Yes. She wakes up as a head she in was a lab. Decapitated. Finds out she has forty-eight minutes to either exist as a head or be transported oh, onto forty-eight this, uh, hours. 40, sorry, forty-eight hours. Re- be realistic. <laughs> Put onto another person's body. She's now in a situation where she's doubling as the head right. for a body. There's no urgency here. <laughs> she takes the time to now play a joke on the on Wang. On no, not on Wang. Oh, oh yeah, but on both. On both of them. On the guy that likes her by saying. Why don't you dirty dance with me? Grab my ass. Yeah. Do that. So they ho- go dancing. So she's homophobic as everybody else because she's like, her, my homophobia is not going to interfere with me being just oh, a head. 
So now the worst thing in the world that could happen is two men holding each other on a dance floor. Again, I say that as a as saying that's obviously not this the worst thing the world. This is the world view of the film, though. Exactly. And obviously the people who rated this very highly on Metacritic. So the head falls out. It falls into the trash. And it, while she's in the trash, the Goody Two-Shoes sister finds out about her twin and her boyfriend. Again, everyone kind of is descending on this masquerade ball, including Vampire Rusty, and they do the whole mirror scene. Yep. No threat to the Marx Brothers. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but they do the whole mirror scene. Draguda debuts her new body. Yeah. She looks amazing. Draguda, who it just had, her head was cut off of her body and reattached onto a stranger's body. Right. And a few minutes later, she shows up at the masquerade <laughs> ball. <laughs> Apparently, head detachment and reattachment surgery is like getting a vasectomy. It's her, like it's like an hour, you go back to work. It's getting her good. hair done the way it was would have taken longer than that no surgery kidding. obviously took. <laughs> but yeah, she just shows up. Everyone is like, wow, she looks fantastic. She doesn't have a hunch anymore. This is not weird to me at all. Van Sloan comes in and fights and kills the three familiars. Everyone just starts fighting everyone, right. basically. Hunchbacks, who's no longer a hunchback arm, uh, gets ripped off. The doppelgangers, uh, Rusty and Vampire Rusty, fight. The fake vampire hunter accidentally shoots the right vampire. He shoots real Rusty, and the music box is smashed. That's the end of that. Why didn't they smash that music box at the very beginning? You could have smashed that so many fucking times. Jesus. Um, and then we, we get the second music cue of Bad Moon Rising. Right. Which I don't, <laughs> that's, a were, that's a werewolf <laughs> Songs like, is there a thing with vampires and moons? Like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but um, we did skip Rusty delivering the immortal line, Let's boogie, bitch. <laughs> so now that everything is just suddenly fine, the fake va- we kind of flash forward a little bit, and now the fake vampire slayer Cliff, Cliff. is going to r- catch us up on where everyone is. It's kind of the reverse of the opening. Yeah. Both femoral arteries getting severed. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. With no medical attention. Yeah. Radu is dead. Oh, there's a Siegfried and Roy joke. There's a sign of fuck. Yeah, the head, the disembodied head has just survived, and she's now does a magic act. She's married to the guy who tried to assault her at that party, because we didn't, we didn't talk about it, but when he reaches in between Bonger's legs and Wang's legs and feels his dick. Oh. Remember that? When he's trying to make out, he's like, why don't we take this to the next level, and just reaches in and grabs his dick. It's like... Dude, you really thought that was a girl you liked and you tried that shit? Just, she married that man. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> so they have a magic act in <laughs> Vegas where... Now, if they're a magic act, your one trick would be the guillotine. That's it, right? And everyone can't believe it. How do they do it? How do they do it? What do you do for your next act? <laughs> it's like no other act. You're not a magician. She's never going to reappear with a body. <laughs> it's just a bunch of series of different guillotine <laughs> tricks. <laughs> How do they do that? <laughs> Oh my god! So yeah, every, he catches up on everyone. It doesn't really matter. The dude who uh, Mike kissed the guy is and still sh- hitting on dudes. But they showed it this time. Oh my god! Oh my god! Men kissing. Uh, Rusty and Draguda have gotten married. Um, hilariously, their baby has a hunchback. Yep, and a mustache, just like the dean. There's a four minute scene with Wang doing a plastic surgery stoner thing with this Romanian couple. Oh, fuck. And again, when the cops show, or he's about to get beat up, he says, evasive maneuvers, and runs out of the room. Yeah. Like, that's his tagline. That's his whole bit. <laughs> evasive maneuvers. One thing we actually forgot to mention that was, like, the, the image that is going to, like, haunt me from this movie was uh, when they were the Goody Two-Shoes twin. I'm going way back to when they found the Goody Two-Shoe twin, her body. Yeah. Uh, and how it was, they unraveled all the seams on her body. Yeah. And the kind of punchline to this is that all of her body parts, including her breasts, yeah. just like yeah. slip off of her like pieces of meat. Right. Which is about right <laughs> for this film. Yeah. Because it, it definitely views women as oh, very good. Yeah. pieces of meat. This, there was a definite Ed Gein level of oh my, yes. psychosis to that scene. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so this movie is 96 minutes, but it feels like torture. four hours. Torture. It is so packed. So like much said, shit This happens. is like seriously one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. The jokes are just like puke, poop, come. That's the joke. There's that no the like, joke. I would say, th- you know, like the whole farting horses thing. I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld uh, recently in reruns. There is an episode of that where there's farting horses, but at 
there's a, a whole lot of steps to build up to horses farting. There's a lot of things going on there, but this is just like horses farting. Because they say a name, they say Castle Radu or there's Razzle. no There's no cleverness to it. There's nope. no buildup. There's no nothing. There's no consideration. There's no thought. It's just immediately like crotch. Just jump right to the crotch. Um, yeah, and I don't know why, if this movie was just so dumb and so like so lowbrow, why the fuck is it so complex? Yeah. Why why is it like fucking crash at the same time? You know like, why? It's because it was written by stoners. Yeah. And stoners need to think of the why did every single thing happen. They right. They need to over-explain. Yeah. So each scene that happens, they just thought of a funny bit. Why did that happen? Okay, because this happened before. But what about this other thing? Okay, well, here's how we get around that. Right. They're a doppelganger. Ugh. And again... In this movie, people just show up to whatever scene they need to be in. They just wander in wherever yeah. you need to be. Yeah. In it's whatever the, outfit you, you need them to you be You nailed it perfectly with uh, high-budget porn because it, it's really one of those scenes where this, the scene will open on a on a wall and people who need to be in that shot will run in and go, there you are, Yeah, and that's it, and that's how they get there. <laughs> no, yeah. If this was a, a true like triple X hardcore pornography, we would be raving over the production. Sure, dollars. yeah. We would be like, "This is this is Dunkirk level I, shit right here." I understand the red light bulb in this scene. <laughs> this is some amazing stuff. Yeah. But, uh, for an actual film that was released in one thousand seven movie theaters, not as so much. Nope. So, Corky, let's wrap up and give our ratings on this terrible film, just to remind everyone of our system. Uh, run-of-the-mill bad film, that is a dare. Double dare is for a truly atrocious movie, and a reverse dare is for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Corky, what do you rate the Hillenbrand Brothers' Transylvania? Okay, I'm going to make you think that I'm going to go one way on this, oh. just like the movie does, <laughs> and then I'm going to go to the Dipsy Doodle Whoa. and go the other way. So this was a great movie, a fantastic uh, movie everybody should enjoy, uh-huh. but it's a double dare. Whoa! Yeah, this movie was written by people who grew up watching gross-out movies and think that's the way people act. That's the comedy is. Everything that's poop or cum or semen or cum and semen, both of them. Why not? (laughs) Everything that's that is a punchline in and of itself. Worm Miller and Patrick Casey, you should be ashamed of yourselves. (laughs) Worm Miller. Double dare. I, I think Worm Miller is ashamed of himself. I like to think so. Uh, yeah, Double Dare for me, too. This was really awful. Like I said, Ready to Rumble was stupid. This was next level stupid. It was even dumber, although this movie had boobs and Ready to Rumble didn't, so slight edge to this film. But sure. um, as a movie, utterly unfunny. Uh, I don't think I laughed a single time. There was one time where I thought, oh, that, that could have been funny. Um, but just a terrible, terrible movie, bad production values, and Metacritic users, what are you fucking thinking? This is like the Clifford rebooters. What is happening to you people? So that's all we have for you on this... That's all we have for you on this episode of Scare Daniel. (laughs) But we'll be back next week, or will we? As the midnight clock strikes 12 to review another one of your movie scares. Rattle, rattle, chains, thunder, crack. In the meantime, check out our Thursday mini skeptical scares for a preview of the next Scare Daniel review. Creaky door. <laughs> as well as talk about your scares and movie scares and booze and haunts in general. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews in the Sacramento News and Review at newsreview.com. Read my craft beer column in the Sacramento Bee and at sacb.com. Corgi, where can people find more of your scary work? I'll be performing at mausoleums and crypts across <laughs> the clan at midnight, holding vigils and candlelight seances for dear daniel i'm the crypt keeper our producer is johnny scarepants flores and i'm corky mcdonald saying come horse poop fart vomit